What is up? This is Martha yo. with the Salty Dogs <laughs> podcast. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> coming from... Coming straight from the from feet from of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, Holy insane. crap, you're well, loud. Serving dishes. Gracious. Yeah, turn me down. I gotta turn pull down, you out just a little bit. Turn down for what? Because pull I'm too loud. Pull them out just a little bit. Yeah. Pull them out just a little bit. There wow. we go. Better. Check, check. Yeah. What's really funny is we had like 20 mic checks before this and it was still... Well, I'm going to go with a solid went, 17. Went, <laughs> right into the mic. Who, me? Yeah, you. Uh, Machine gunner laugh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. Abby laugh. Phillips is on. She's the sole live viewer. What's going sole on? Live view. Oh, I probably yeah. should refresh. Yeah, you're a little hot, yeah, too, so if you're going to laugh loud. I'm sorry. Pull back, yeah. No, that's <laughs> fine. It's okay. If you're going to laugh loud, pull if back. If you feel like you're going to laugh loud, I'll make sure my brakes on Pull that. it back a little bit. So. Wow. Yep. What's up, guys? Well, wow, that was like mega banter right there. Yeah. You well, that guys, was like we were talking. I mean, but that was straight from anything. the Lord. You guys made it for the mega banter episode. Yeah, we Here we it. are. So, as you can see from the camera, <laughs> Derek Shore. What's up, man? Hey. Tell us what you do and who you're with one more time, even though you've been on Bro, a lot. I uh, pastor a local fellowship church at the Cross, West Kellogg, also Student Friends University. Yeah, that's right. Spiritual Christian spiritual formation. Christian spiritual formation. Yeah. Very influenced by Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard, Brian, Richard Foster. Richard Foster, Brian's on. Brian's is he one on of is a personal influence. Yes. And of course the is it the president of the who is what's well, it? James Brian James Smith. Brian Smith. Yeah. And, so and we, also Jesus. So Yes. And the Jason. Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, right. Coming in with Father, just, a, Son, just a dash of sass. You know, I just had to a put dash, it in there. Yeah. yeah. Just a little ha, Jesus juke. Ooh. A little to the left, a little to the right. Yeah. Get the Jesus juke on. Even though this is the first time I met you, I listened oh, is to it? you. Yeah, this is oh. in person. Oh. Yeah. Chris, this is Derek. Okay. I've, I've met Derek. his... Chris. creamy voice <laughs> that's right just, i do want to put that soft. on top of a piece of apple pie you know what like, i mean yeah it's, just, it's so good does anybody ever tell you that you have a, you have a nice voice uh, yes thank you no. i appreciate how do you it. take your coffee sugar and Derek's voice yeah. i like it Derek. that's right i like my sugar with coffee and Derek's voice yep yep that's little beastie stuff. boy reference there for you Hey Chris, last time we started, you felt like you felt the need to do a little getting to know you segment. So, what kind of story do you have for this time? We'll just pick on you. Oh, You're going to be the only one that has to tell us things about Gosh, yourself. Gosh, man, I don't even know. I, dude, I'm not even prepared for that. Let's see. What can I tell you about me that you just, may not know? Just put oh, on I a got, mask. I got something. No, no, no. I got, <laughs> nah, I got nothing. Okay, I do have something, but I don't have something fake. Um, hashtag Jesus Duke. Uh, so this last Sunday, so I'm a wedding photographer. So I do I do photography and. Uh, this last Saturday was uh, the first time that my wife came with me to shoot a wedding, uh, and it was amazing. I mean, she's she's super artistic. Um, she's been like that her whole life, and, and she's just great at everything she does. She's a super perfectionist, and um, I, our plan is for her to start second shooting weddings and for us to be kind of like this husband-wife photographer. Just tag team in tag it. Tag team in it, man, just doing all that stuff. Road road warriors. Yeah, yeah. doing that. Nice. And uh, and so we, we, we've been – so we did it this last Saturday, and I knew that she would do well, but she straight up impressed me. Like, I mean – Did she really? Yeah, she really did. I mean, nice. we had only had one other time to actually get out and practice um, to where with her settings and all that stuff and on the way – it was in Hutch – 
So for about 20, 30 minutes, we went over, okay, here's what ISO is. Here's what aperture is. Here's what shutter speed is. So you're going to stay at this aperture. I only want you to mess. I had her shoot on manual, shooting with a prime lens and just saying, hey, just just focus on your ISO and whatever your aperture. That, whatever that means. Whatever, yeah, whatever that stuff means. Stuff means. Yeah. And, and basically telling the camera how she wants to expose the images. And she did it, dude. She really? exposed everything. Oh, my gosh. Like I was so, we were in crazy different light, lighting situations. So that was me. I'm excited about that. We got a three-year plan for her to be able to quit her job and, and, and oh, be, really? yeah, for oh, us to okay. be able to do this. Yeah. So, oh, I need so, so it's exciting. I, well, I feel the five need, years is too, it's too much, but I've, I've I feel the need to, to quote years. James on that one. Need, not James who? none of you should say that we're going to go here, there, do this or that. Right. Only yeah. if the Lord wills it. Thanks so, Martha. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So what about you? You started, yeah, you started yeah, you got, a new job. You guys ought to see me running around trying to get all the things in order before we get this, these yeah. episodes going. I do have a new job. I'm now a uh, full-time video producer here Dang. in the city. And so making fat vids. That's right. I started in graphic design and then I picked up photography and then I picked up web design and then along the way, podcasting, uh, video, and now like also motion graphics. And there's talks of, learning 3d animation. So that's kind of wild. And also walking on water. Yeah. At some point. Right. So yeah. I, I actually designed or yeah, produced my first television ad spots this past week and 30 second radio spots. Well, wow. you know, it kind of fits me. I just, <laughs> hey. I should look this way so they could see me go, eh, yeah. you know, no big deal. <laughs> no so, big deal. Anyway. Yeah. Something went wrong. I oh. also started a nice job. Tell me. Well, as you know, I climbed, I climbed trees. Tell me. No, I started with a, you know, for, from after having surgery, I can't climb for like a year. So I started Oof. out doing like a, it's a long time. tree injections, soil injections, plant health care, stuff like that. It's a little easier on the body. I like Easier it on the bones. Yeah, it makes me more complete. You're on our breast. Your body's easy on my eyes. It used to be. Now that I, ha now that I haven't been doing anything. So it's interesting to me that the camera adds 10 pounds to the 10 pounds that I already added onto the 10 pounds that I gained mm. from uh, not climbing and not being, just being just lazy. Casey gained just, 30 pounds. Just being a sluggard, you I mean, know, just, just really slugging really it up. Just, you know. Awesome. Whole ham on the slug department. <laughs> well, hey, I have a question for you, Derek, before we dive into our topic. Um, yeah. And then we also have to pass the salt here soon. Yeah. Let's I'm not forget that. I'll yep. be ready. <laughs> Derek. So. I think it was after the first time you were on our podcast and we talked about, what was it? Redemptive suffering. Yes, right. It was a good it was episode. It was a really good episode. Go back and listen. Um, we were outside and I was just like, yeah. So like what denomination sect, like what do you, and then you had like, you rattled off this whole thing. And so rattle that off. Rattle. For me. Yeah. Just <laughs> rattle it off. Uh, Nothing like being put on the spot. So I'm part of a communion. Okay. Uh, it's it's oriented around a relationship. We have a, we have what we call diocese and kind of structures like that. But it's we I relate to a bishop named Bishop Clinton Moore out in Hutchinson, Kansas, with the Father's House. Okay, and so our communion basically we call it a, an Episcopal communion, but that just means bishop led. It's not a denomination of the Episcopal Church or anything like that. More of an okay. Anglican style. Okay. Yep. So we're liturgical. Okay, right. We're charismatic. Here it is. There it is. And we're evangelical. Uh huh. Right. Liturgical, charismatic, and evangelical. Yes. All the things you're supposed to be, I think, right? Right. Uh, we try. <laughs> yeah. Great. They, dab they dabble. We dabble in yep. being so, correct. Christopher, it's your time to shine, buddy. It's is time it? for the Pass the Salt segment. All right. Don't let us down. I do. 
<laughs> you know what's really funny is I am totally I don't have this guy's name on here for the best no way. You had one, yes, I one had job. one job. I'm, I got it. Was it Joel? It was not Joel. No, no. I'm going back in my. Uh, I got it. I got oh, it. He's got it. I got it. It's his name is Josiah. Okay. And, started uh, with it. Do it started with a J though. It was a J. You know, all all great names start with J's. Uh, I just blew up his ego. Okay. So this comes from Josiah, and this is actually from our Salty Dogs um, podcast group. So the doghouse, oh, the, yeah, the doghouse, the thing dog that we're house? promoting, doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this came from Josiah in the, in the group, and so here's what he said. He said, thanks for the ad, and so I actually reached out to him and asked for permission to share this, uh, and he said, absolutely. So here he says, thanks for the ad. Uh, the last year or so has been difficult. I'm 25, raised Christian, and still trying to figure stuff out. I was traveling for work for most of the last seven months, and because of that, didn't go to church much. As a result, that gave me uh, that gave way to a lot of time fest a lot of time festering thoughts of what I dislike about the church as a brick and mortar entity. Hmm. I also listened to about 20 various podcast episodes a week and have stumbled into some very interesting yet anti-Christian podcast. This this caused even more doubt and resistance to the church yesterday morning in the church uh, stopped traveling so back in the weekly schedule I had an epiphany uh, I simply truly didn't care to be there so he went back to church after coming back off the road love on the honesty there bro that's what he said he said I simply truly didn't care to be there at all I'm young and do everything off of my phone I think to myself well heck I listen to 30 hours of podcast and books each week why can't I just listen to a few sermons why do I have to get up early looking nice and go here my girlfriend and I had some dialogue on um, after that, uh, and I realized what this was. My mental diet has become junk food. What I listen to, watch, and read has become seed has become seedings of doubt that has simply caused me to turn my desires away from church. So this morning, I woke up with a new resolve to change the course of my intake. And I know at first it lasted about ten minutes. I'd rather be listening <laughs> to the other crap I normally do. But I jumped into Fast your podcast. Food. Yeah, he says I jumped into your podcast on depression, uh, and even more mm-hmm. perfectly fitting just finish the discontentment in the church great 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 job guys i look forward to being part of your weird little community and i'm so <laughs> glad the lord irked me with myself yesterday and now is using you guys to solidify the change in that direction peace out well Dang. you know well josiah do you want to come on the podcast i mean geez it's he's he's a cool dude man he's he's commented on a couple other things and uh man it here's what this has shown me that there are a lot of people that are processing trying to figure out what's going on and, and where you know there's a lot of people that have discontentment in the church and uh it's just no. super cool to hear um a story like that, you know, to where someone said, hey, what you guys are doing matters, and this has affected me in a positive way. It's yeah. a big deal, because all cool. we're really doing is having conversation, but yeah. hey, Casey. Josiah, man. There's honestly, a shooting star. What do, you, <laughs> what do you want to wish on that shooting star Bro, right now? Hey, may uh, the rosy chicks ever be on your face, man. That's, that's what I wanted to just pop. tell you. Pop, pop, may the pow. Lord and I'll do it. smack you with rosy <laughs> cheeks. He's probably bigger than me. Right in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Really right. No, that was Let's that put was a cool. smile on that, that face. Hey, did you see the new? Did you see the new Joker trailer? Not yet. Oh, I saw man. someone just share it, and they yeah. said, "Oh, this is going to be yeah. dark." dark. Did it's it come crazy. out on April Fool's? Day? No. No. It's yeah. Be super no. Also, no. Really. Truly. It's no, uh, honestly back to. You. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, that was a cool email, man, uh, or a message. It I, was. I'm not, I'm not on Facebook. I probably should get back on. You should get back on. Okay. Yeah. I'm back on the book of face. I was taking a taking a little break there. It was getting a little too real for me. Mm. I was like, man, I'm tired of this crap. So you should get back on because, like, then you can jump on and do a uh, 
um, the people don't want to hear really from random um yeah. Q&A on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, we had yeah. a really random Q&A this last week. That was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot that, of fun. I really enjoyed that. We, we had talked some really about good some questions. stuff. Maybe go Oh, with what I was saying? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I was like, "Dang, Jason." Jason's, well, Jason's Josiah, goes ham. He's going off on one. We we appreciate you, man. It's it's an honor to be able to what's good, just Omar have Williams? Convers- conversation. What is isn't good? Uh, you tell me. Hey, what's yep. up, Omar? Just so, right in the middle of my I was just oh, just sorry, talking about how awesome it is to be pod. Omar said what's up. So I did say what's up, yeah. Hi, Omar. <laughs> go ahead. Go back. Omar's to buddy of mine. We're all going to say hi to Omar. Yeah. Go, One, go back two, to three. Hi, hi, Omar. That was amazing. <laughs> what in the world? That, that sounded so like good. a choir. I know. Uh, Omar, 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 Omar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. you got to hit that. that. <laughs> Stupid. But, man, Take your back a couple of octaves. But if any of you guys have uh, have anything, I'm just questions, moving past it. I'm just comments, moving past it. Questions, comments, comments yeah, concerns, questions, comments, yeah. critiques. Drop, a, drop us a message. Drop us a line. If you think that this podcast sucks, let us know, too. Please. I mean, <laughs> that's some salty salt. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. That's that Himalayan pink salt right mm. there. That's that good. Some dude. of that sea salt. Yeah, yeah. we oh don't. We gosh. don't just take idolized, <laughs> idolized, idolized. So idolized. idolized salt. So salty dogs podcast at gmail.com or check out salty dogs podcast.com and you can contact us. Actually, if you're watching live right now, in our description, there's a um, there's a phone number which is a Google Voice. Don't call, but please text, and uh, you can hit us up, and maybe we'll read one or two of what you guys have to say or maybe. any comments or whatever. But maybe. Uh, so we do record on Facebook live and then we push out the audio. And so we always want to interact with our live audience as well. Yeah. And so that's always an option. So, Sweet. so diving in. Yeah. Should we just, uh, the banter's over. It's time backflip gainer right uh, into the topic. I'm talking about a jackknife probably. No, this is, I mean, we, we, I had had the idea to talk about this. We did that episode on, uh, feminism with candy and Porsche, which is a really good episode. It was, I enjoyed it. Um, but was I just it, got, what did we call it? Was it biblical cr- feminism? I think Bi- it was, was something it was it was Anyways, so good we don't even remember that's it. right <laughs> so uh, it was good it was i enjoyed it a lot um but you know the more and more um i don't know these social issues are coming out you know and a lot of people are making noise especially on the left and we're certainly not making this a political thing but it just does give you kind of things to talk about uh you know and and to kind of figure out where we stand as the church and things like that but you know there's been a lot of talk lately about like toxic masculinity and and it's things kind of become that a buzzword and, and, I mean, and the patriarchy Patriarchy and yeah. you know, just like down with the patriarchy and burn it to yeah. the ground, and you know they deserve it. And so we're gonna, we're going to have some conversation, but I certainly don't want this to be one of those. We are going to define a no, black and white stance, not. or we're going to create we're gonna doctrine. Ask, to, no, we're going to yeah, ask. Like, the, we're going to ask the questions, and you know, hopefully stir up some thoughts, uh, some thought process, and you know, honestly, just because I think that that's it's just really cool, man. That w- what we do, we just all we do is propose the question, we give right. our thoughts, and then we leave it, you know, yeah. up to the Father and to the Son to we're decide gonna that. Stir kind of the thought pot. Yeah, and I would I would love to just be able to kind of read off the same kind of. I just yeah. want people to know up define front. it. I, well, uh, what yeah, I want to do, do is is I want to let people know um, where we're aiming this arrow, the direction. Like, hey, here's here's kind of where this thing uh, might go. Um, should here's go. what we hope to do. Yeah, right. should go. So um, in today's episode, man, we simply want to address examples of toxic masculinity that exist within the church and outside of it, and redefine masculinity from the example that we see. Uh, in the life of Jesus. So we want to look at Jesus' life. Um, and I think just a great way for us to kick this off would be to each just kind of not necessarily define, but what comes to y'all's mind when you hear the phrase toxic masculinity? And Derek, I'd love to hear you know from you, what do you got when you hear that phrase, toxic masculinity? Well, I think when I hear the phrase toxic masculinity, it's pr- 
probably defined, I, I, my def- definition probably comes a little bit more from the world than it ought to. That's kind of where that phrase seems to kind of come from, from yeah. cultural kickback. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Uh, I do I do think that, and I, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but I do, we have to get our, we have to get this right. I mean, we want to, we want to provide a, the proper framework for masculinity. Absolutely. And uh, we're better to do it than through the church, through what the the Lord is working through, and then hopefully, and with all kinds of these issues, a big part of my calling, and I think our calling, is to help re-narrate that yeah. Yeah. outside back into culture. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're, we're taking something that we're kind of getting from culture, but we want to re-narrate that in the Lord yeah. and be able to distribute it back in a life-giving manner. So it's photosynthesis. Kind of like, yes. It's taking in <laughs> death. Yes, that's well, right. That's I mean, taking in the death and then pulling out the. So oxygen. really, that's. I mean, we're talking about Jesus as the example in all things, yes. and what Jesus did was when he came and walked the face of the planet, he was always um, correcting thought process and narrative concerning who God Absolutely. the Father was. Of course, he had to come and undo all the crap the Pharisees did, and you know, take off all the burdens and put people in his yoke. Right. So right. we're always kind of redefining narrative and and um, trying to address the things that are um, the the narrative that we've picked up kind of from the world or other doctrines or theologies or whatever. And always shifting. Right. So it's very easy for us to be Pharisees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, we have to be subject and, and open to his renewal. Right. Yeah. In a constant way. Yeah. yeah. So. 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 Yeah. With the phrase toxic ma- masculinity, really, that's a it's a secular phrase, but it's, it's, cre- it's actually a, I mean, it's, it's actually a social social, social justice yeah. like, yeah. you know, kind of phrase as well. It's not even in the dictionary because it's a it's a so- social kind of issue that's come about. You can mm-hmm. look up masculinity and that's in the dictionary. You can't look up toxic masculinity because it's not might it's not an, in the right. dictionary. It might be an urban dictionary. It is an urban it's dictionary. Urban dictionary. Yeah, it's urban then dictionary. Then you were wrong. Sure. Yeah, so, so what is it? Then? It. Uh, read, read your definition from your paper that you have in front of you. Oh uh, well, well the f- first thing because that I this guess, isn't scripted. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not. It's not. Just need you to like chill out and let the Holy Spirit move, bro. So masculinity. So I wanted to find what. Here's what the dictionary defines masculinity as. Webster defines masculinity as. Okay, qualities or attributes regarding as characteristics of men. So attributes and qualities of men. This that's what masculinity is. Um, and so since we are kind of taking this this phrase that is a, a worldly kind of you know phrase that's out there, definitely that's out there. Um, I actually read an article from the New York Times, and they actually mm-hmm. defined toxic masculinity. So I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to read the point where they actually define it and they say, uh, so what does toxic masculinity or traditional masculinity ideology mean? Researchers have defined it in part as a set of behaviors and beliefs that include the following suppressing emotions or masking distress, maintaining an appearance of hardness, a violence as an indicator of power. Think tough guy behavior. In other words, toxic masculinity is what can come of teaching boys that they can't express emotion openly and that they have to be tough all the time, that anything other than that makes them feminine or weak. Um, no, it doesn't mean that all men are inherently toxic. So that's how they would define it as. But wouldn't it also kind of 
include the whole like men rule over women kind of thing. Like I rule over my wife. I, I can, you know, men can do more or better than women can in different situations. Like, would that include that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you would, I think you would have to, and what that would come from would be, would be this position of power, this lording over, ruling over. I mean, and that's something, but I mean, even, even to go so far as like, you know, um, behaviors and teenage boys, right. Always doing stupid stuff. Right. So, I mean, even that, even that pattern in its own right is kind of a, is kind of, it, it would, I mean, because it results in a lot of teenage boys deaths, right. Doing just stupid. Right. Yeah. Um, that would also, I would, I would view that as toxic if it's causing death or things like that, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, just kind of incorporating that as well. I mean, I don't want it to be like a, a complete, you know, gender inequality. I want to, you know, let's talk about the whole thing, you know? Yeah, and, for sure. and, uh, but yeah, I kind of include that in there too. And I and I think a lot of us we get our views of what masculinity is from I mean our our dads our fathers who they sure. were and then also people who have been in positions of authority over us and have had yeah. you know, and, also, and also and also culture things. also culture, culture society well. uh, culture movies well. but I mean that the entertainment that kind There's of stuff the stereotypes also has a, exactly yeah. well it has a really and they stereotype men and, you know as well as stereotype women <laughs> you know and I think that that's kind of something that we battle as well is it's 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 a cultural yeah. thing as well so let's let's personalize this then. Um, and maybe Derek, I can ask you this question or I'll just present the question you guys can answer. Um, so growing up, where did you look in order to see what a man was truly like? Well, my dad would be, would be a good example. He was a good man, is a good man. He's not, was. He was. He's <laughs> not yeah, anymore, right. but he was. Glad, glad he's still with us. Yes, What's his he, name? His, his name's Glenn. Glenn? Glenn Shore, yep. Glenn. Yep. Glad he, you're with us, Glenn. He, he, he treated my mom well. He uh, stood for values of character and trust and... It was a solid, you know, in a lot of in a lot of those senses, a very solid guy. Now, I will also say this: he grew up in the farm community, grew up as the in a time when well, some of the ideals of what that New York Times article mm-hmm. began to define as toxic 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 masculinity kind of became. <clears throat> a thing. Yeah. Uh, he didn't present himself as a tough guy, but definitely, uh, put your head down and just do it. Yeah. Kind of, kind of thing. And I'm not sure. So that became a source of some conflict. Yeah. I wasn't, didn't necessarily have that same, some of those same qualities or characteristics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, it was your father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's yeah, same, same thing for me. Yep. Yeah. 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 No, right. I mean, I would, well, I would say the same. I mean, I mean it's direct. It's, it's the most direct. The primary. I mean, he, he, yeah. my, right. I mean, my father was the man that I had the most access to in my life yeah. who I spent the most time with. And right. so naturally looking and some of that stuff, I didn't realize then, but looking back sure. now, I realize, Oh, this is the narrative of what a man is and what a man was supposed to be. And for a, a large portion of my life, we weren't even believers, you know, our family, mm. we, we weren't Christians. And so, um, so I think, masculinity is what was modeled in our house was was actually um this narrative of a provider um and and which this is it's a good characteristic but you know this narrative of providing my dad is one of the hardest working men that i've ever met i mean um my mom got pregnant when she was in high school 
what she was 17 or so. And so yeah. my dad, I think had just graduated high school. He went to go work uh, down in Houston in the shipyard Whoa. and, you know, working long, long, long oh, days. Dirty, so he, dirty job. he went to go to work and he did exactly <laughs> what he needed to do. Now on the flipping dad, if you're watching, Very I'm sorry, I hope you don't take this as a, uh, you know, yeah. as a, as a, I'm no, he did criticizing what he you at all. But, yeah, absolutely. but while my dad was also very present and very, um, modeling providing for his family while well, literally breaking his body every day that emotional aspect was actually uh, almost non-existent until after my dad began to follow jesus and then that kind of that's came the, after that that's the same thing with my dad too yeah. you know what i mean he just i mean he did what he had to do you know what i mean and he worked him he started from the bottom now he's here you know what i mean and, <laughs> and it's Ballin. true like because once he once he became a christian mike's a good one yeah 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 once he became you know i know very few people who have done an actual 180 from the time of conversion and my dad's one of them and you know yeah, he's still he's still walking the he's still walking the path back you know what i mean but i mean he completely did a 180 and you know and uh, our relationship got better you know after that you know because it wasn't so good you know early on in my life because he was just like you said he was always working and and you know the emotional kind of stuff just really wasn't there and so not not like he never showed me affection you know what i mean but yeah. it's just he you know he was so driven on 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 provision that you know it kind of that was where he was at but now that he yeah. you know he he flipped he flipped a switch or jesus flipped a switch on him and man completely yeah. different guy completely different i also yeah. think there's a, a big part of this that's cultural too because even I'm, I'm looking at my dad and, and even hispanics and i don't know how much you can comp- contribute to this conversation but i'm less, definitely I'm less mexican than you are actually <laughs> so <laughs> it's true but but yeah. even you have in, a higher percentage in of the being. hispanic culture i mean there's not this there's this this narrative that exists that is this you work you work you work you work you work yeah, you party true. hard on the weekends no, 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 right and you work and you work yeah and even renata's that whole thing so it's all about working hard and doing that. And, and if there was no emotional connection there from a father to his children or even, I mean, and, and it's pretty common for that emotional con- connection to not even exist spouse to spouse in the Hispanic cultures. I'm not, I'm not trying, but this is what exists, I think, mostly. Right. It's that you work hard, yeah. you stay at home, you raise the kids, you take right. care of the house, yep. and then mm-hmm. I'm the man, I'm going to go to work. It's a I'm traditional narrative. And so that's kind of what... Right. Yeah. yeah, and and so talking about your feelings wasn't something that was ever really right. encouraged. Um, well, I think I, in our culture, and I don't know how much I disagree with the traditional viewpoint of stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think that that's a just in my mind. You know what I mean? And so now we're we're you know in our culture and society right now, like gender inequality and all these things are is a big deal. But I don't know where I stand on the traditional. You know, I, I just don't view it as a as a bad thing. You know, yeah. like like okay, like doing what you have to do. You know, to yeah. to provide for the family, and you know, I, I I just I don't know. Yeah. Well, in a lot of ways, that narrative is even flipped in our household because right now I'm staying at home with our kids, and I'm a stay at home dad, and my wife is on the grind, man. She's yeah. she's making that my, money. My, my <laughs> wife makes makes more money than I do too. You know, it's, it's, so it's like so, it's, but I think even that in that sense, you know, mm. for a lot of people, that's an issue for them internally like man yeah. I, I can't stay at home with the kids you know from a man's perspective and, and a lot of shame with that but yeah there's a stigma attached to it you know because yeah. of the cultural norm or the narrative that we've adopted too you know what I mean and I, I imagine because it was for me too like when I when I first got married to Jill you know I didn't have a car like my license was suspended for like or revoked for like three years man like it, it was so I went to work and I was, I was making like $12 an hour you know my wife's over here you know balling and what am I bringing so to me it was it was was like a I don't know I had this it was an, it yeah Making it, was, it, it was a systemic thing within me and I could feel it because it was like man like 
this isn't this isn't cool <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean because right. it wasn't to me at the time and then you know i worked up to where <laughs> i'm at now and so it's kind of it's not even but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know but i can definitely i can definitely relate to that because i because of the way that i felt and should i have felt that you know like i don't i i yeah you tell me so i, I kind of wondered um if so i think i asked the question like what was your primary influence as a man you know like who did you look to? But I kind of wonder how much of maybe going to church, like, I don't know when you started going to church in your life, if it was during like formational formative years or not, but you know, I remember growing up and going to a little Baptist church in like Pasadena, Texas, right? It was just right outside of Houston. And uh, hey, anyways, Dale. it was um, right. It was <laughs> <laughs> AD, ADC. Um, anyways, it was stupid. And, uh, <laughs> Well, <laughs> in the church, there were deacons and I remembered like it was the pastor who was like this venerated guy, like, Oh, it's the pastor. Right. But then there were these deacons and they, and honestly, the way I remember these guys is like, they were the important people in the church. Mm. And you know, if you were wearing shorts and you weren't supposed to, you would get a talking to. And if you're in the back pew playing, they'd come back there and say, you need to pay attention, boy. Man, I you wish know? a deacon would say something <clears throat> to me today. <laughs> Come up, come at me, bro. I'm a man, you know. <laughs> come at me, oh, Deacon. Just, that, uh, that that just, man, that Does just, it drive it you nuts? Just dri- yes. I wish you would. Yes. I wish you would. Deacon. I wish a Deacon would. <laughs> <laughs> I wish a Deacon would. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Wow. No, but honestly, I remember. So, so there were these male figures in the church. Sure. Oh my God, this. I'm are, sorry. Are you sorry. Here? Go again. Yes, yeah. Here. No, it's fine. We'll just hold on. We'll we'll let the audience get no, the no, laugh too. You're they shaming me the way that too. my teacher used to shame me. How's that? Basically, make never mind. Yeah, we, we don't, need a, we're good. We're good. don't need a history lesson. Come you on. Want to pass notes? Read the note to the class, no, Christopher. I like you. Do you like me? Yes or no? You can slap my hand if you want. Ow. That was pretty pretty loud. So, anyways, in the church, so I kind of wonder if there's anybody out there, if you guys had any experience with seeing men leading in a certain capacity within the church, and if you ever looked at that and like there were aspirations of like, well, if I could be that, or if I could reach that that goal, you know, that goal or whatever. Because I used to, I used to see the pastors in the church and the people who would speak on stage, and I would think, I want to be a man of God like that. And really the only thing that they were doing was like, you know, I mean, they were teaching and preaching and stuff, but there was this, you know, uh, false narrative, I suppose that if I made it there, well then I'll, I'm good. Or I'm a man of God now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I could reach that platform, I'm going to be good. So I felt like I got a little bit of that kind of narrative in my head that, you know, I need to be a man of God in order to be a man of God. I need to have a platform. Yeah, I, right. I, I would agree. I think that's not an un, unusual uh, kind of an idea for a youngster to get growing up in the church. I would agree with that. We should make I wish a deacon would t-shirts. <laughs> I wish a deacon would. Can you make a sticker that you're the sticker king? I'll slap um, that right yeah. on my laptop. So I'm looking over here oh, at, gosh, this, sorry. at this report that Derek. Yeah, Derek, talks. I want you to dive into no, some I, of Yeah, that, no, and, and I and honestly, I, I like bringing Derek on the show for, you know, for those issues like that. Because we talk a lot about it, social stuff, too. And I've gained a lot of uh, wisdom and knowledge and gleaned a lot of knowledge and wisdom from him because of, because of other stuff that we've talked about and just kind of on these social 
mental issues it's just cool to cool to have somebody like Derek on here so I just kind of want to get his thoughts on it too like or where do you where do you where do you want to start off you know we asked a couple questions but so let me just say that the the title of this episode is redefining masculinity so we want to try and bring a new kind of um let's let's bring a different perspective So so then we should probably just like name off some talk some some stuff well yeah i mean what are some what are some qualities of of like what are some qualities of toxic masculinity yeah and let me let me back up a little bit too so we've had some of our listeners send in some um, topic requests and and suggestions that kind of thing so we've yeah. kind of been running through that list and we had one guy who was saying like you know how do we you know, I, I need a teaching or I need someone to pour into me or whatever concerning like how to actually be a man, um, as a Christian, like how am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to do? Because, you know, again, there's these different narratives. And so really he was saying how, you know, what, what are the qualities, characteristics of how I'm supposed to be acting or living, you know, as a, as a male who believes in Christ, right? Sure. Well, I I think even just in our discussion, one thing that becomes very clear to me is who should not define or be our model of masculinity. (laughs) And that is culture. So, uh, in, in looking, in thinking about this, one of the things that I found in defining masculinity biblically Micah 6, 8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I think that's instructive. I think, I think everything that the article from the New York times said about masculinity, you look at Jesus and you don't see any of that. Right. Right. And so, uh, finding anyone who walks, who fits this this biblical model from Micah of of doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. I think of Jesus as the archetype, right? For that, yeah. right? So let's talk about that because toxic masculinity is a social justice issue. Yeah, and so, so what so, Scripture tells us then, right? It says um, to do justice, and so let's just talk a little bit about what that looks like. Because here's the thing: like I've I've listened to a lot of sermons, and I've even preached probably a lot of sermons where. I say, here's what you should do, but rarely do I ever talk about how you should do that, right? It's mm. like, you need to forgive, you need to forgive, you need to forgive, go forgive. And then it's just like, see you next week and come to the potluck on Sunday. And you're like, how do I forgive? And so maybe let's break it down. How do, how do we do justice? Wow. That's a, now we open, now we open a big door. I, I, I think again, I think if we follow God's design for masculinity and doing justice, I think we look to Christ as our guide, and what did he do? He he oftentimes was found going for the guy who was the underdog, the person with with whom power was coming against. And by power, I don't mean necessarily legitimate power, but but what we would what we the same types of power that we recognize now. Pa- often insta- they were the institution, exactly. Yeah. He was the powerless was religious. The institutions organizational, of political, organiza- political, exactly. Yeah. Politics, religion. Right. What's the unholy trinity? Politics, religion, and sex. Right. Woo! I mean, that's so. Jesus was often found advocating and working for those who were finding themselves pressed down by that. Right. So, ad advocation, advocating. Mm-hmm. Advocating is a absolutely being a voice to the voiceless, yes. speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves. Yes. That kind of thing. And so, practically, then, like. 
you know, how do we, yeah. How do you do that? I mean, is it, do you, do you take up certain causes or, you know, do you focus on certain people groups or, I mean, just kind of as you navigate your life and then you run into situations, do you, you know, I think there's a way to just walk your walk through your life in a manner of trying to uphold what's just and what's right. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, I'm, I have friends that are advocacy people with sure. organizations. Right. I don't think I'm called that way. I'm called to pastor. So what do I do as a pastor? I still look out for the people whose voice isn't being, isn't being heard very well and try to help their voice be heard, try to minister that to them to raise them up. Uh, but it's just a matter of how I walk my life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we all, we see the cause of the widow orphan and the poor. Exactly. That's, that's pretty, pretty dominant. I mean, throughout, throughout the Bible and you know, how many, when was the last time that you've, you, I mean us or anyone else has taken up the cause. And, and that doesn't mean we necessarily need to run around with a banner and do all that stuff, but it, maybe we even rephrase it. When was the last time you loved the poor, a widow, the orphan, you know, that type was shown tangible love and that's in a, that way. That's a good question because it all, do, it does boil down to love. Love will lead you to take up the cause of the oppressed mm-hmm. and take up and, and to do justice. Love, um, what's the word, uh, fuels. Yeah. Love fuels yeah. justice. Yeah. And I don't think that, I don't think necessarily that that's something you can just muster up inside of yourself. You know what I mean? I don't think we can be like, you know what? Today I'm going to do so much justice. I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to love my face off. You know what I mean? Cause it's just right. not a, it's not, especially for men, you know, uh, as defined by culture and society or the, or the, the generations that have come before us, you know, that loving is not like kind of one of those, one of those forefront things that you put on, put on and you wear around your neck. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but love has to come from a place of, uh, of position, like where you're at, you know, and it has to be manifested by the spirit of God, man. And, and cultivate, I cultivate. I think we can, for, for, for mustering up rather than I, I shouldn't use that, but, I think um, we can do our best to cultivate a heart that can that can grow that seed inside of us. But as far as the actual fruit of love, man, I just that that can't come from us, you know. It's the Holy Spirit, yeah. I, you know, that's I think it's I think it's not without, you know, as it leads the list of the fruits of the Spirit. I don't think that's without discreteness. I mean, that's a, it's a gift. It's, it's the main attribute that we recognize of God and it's a gift of God to those who, who carry his spirit. It has to lead, lead that, but that's not something we can muster. Right. It's, it's just, it's part of, it's part of being indwelt. Right. And this goes back to that character, you know, the, the Holy spirit. I mean, truly the Holy spirit is, is the entity, the being that, you know, that, that, that brings forth that fruit, the fruit of the spirit that causes us to be all of those things, yeah. the opposite of our sinful nature. Um, and, uh, and the opposite yeah. of, of what our oh, default kind of is to do. So you let, know, me but- ju- let me make a statement then. The more we live by the spirit, the, l- the more we allow the spirit of God to um, move through us and shape, shape us, um, show us how to act, uh, you know, leading and guiding us being a right. counselor the more we do that the more the the more we walk in 
proper masculinity. Right. Well, it takes us, it takes us back to our first, like, so God's leading us back to the garden, leading us back to our original, yeah, our original good. place. So the first Adam, the second Adam is Jesus. But the more and more we look like Jesus, Jesus is the perfect man. And so the more and more the spirit we yield. And so I think that, you know, like we're talking about all this walk in the spirit stuff. You're like, well, how do you do that? And I think it's just yielding, honestly. It's, and that's, that's tough. That's, that's tough enough it's, in its own right. There's nothing yeah. else you need to do except for try to yield. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, yeah. just just get a little bit of yield in your life and see you know see how far you get and uh, you know as the spirit as the spirit like cultivates it. and and those fruit become manifest in us then we we start looking like the perfect man yeah. right that's the way masculinity and so we're bringing it to Jesus you know rather early but we're going to well, keep well, on okay, going so but, here here's my question though is is that you know i and this may even take us off but i want to i want to throw this out there but is there such a thing as Christian masculinity and Christian femininity? Is that the word femininity? Christian feminist or Chris, femininity? Christian, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, but that, or is it just we all move towards being like Jesus? Yes. And that crop, like, and it doesn't, and isn't this gender specific thing as far as character goes and the characteristics character, and quality yeah. that we have? Now there are other aspects that I think that are just built into us uh, that are inherently like, like. My son, I didn't have to teach him how to make a stick a gun. Like, he just did that. <laughs> but at the same time, my son also um, plays dress up with his with his mom's clothes sometimes and, his, and you know, her earrings and jewelry. And, like, I, I think that that's a part of toxic masculinity that mm. can exist and say, no, no, you play with these sticks. You you don't do this one thing over here when there's really mm. innocence that's all in it. And, I think and it's I, fear, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, fear that my child is going to become gay or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's a fear-based mentality that's that's got <clears throat> some deep roots, roots in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Why? So it's, you know, it's I, interesting, though, because, like, when you're asking the question, is there such a thing as Christian masculinity and Christian femininity or whatever? Um, or is it just a character thing? I think, yes, I think it's both because, you know, we're all supposed to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. There's a scripture, is it in Ephesians where it says those he, he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of the likeness of his son. Right. So we're all of our destinies are to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. And so it is a character thing, but where we get tripped up, I think is roles. When we start talking about roles, like R O L E S. So what is your role as a man? What is your role as a woman? And we start, and we start drawing a line that this is the role of a man. And this is a role of a woman, the woman, this is where it gets messy because right. I mean, we're probably talking about, right. Yeah. So what is the role of, and so we we're going back to what we're talking about earlier about this narrative within cultures Mm -hmm. and society where it's like, well, I'm the man I'm supposed to work and you're the woman you're supposed to stay home. Right. So even within the church that has crept in and I mean, we have all sorts of conversation. It's the egalitarian, yeah, complementarian yeah. conversation, you know, and it's, well, let me, it let gets, me, it gets let a little me, messy. Let me even, let me just make it even a little me, messier. Not only do I think has it crept in there, but has it, is it possible that it's even crept in biblically? By taking the cultural backdrop that is within the Bible and then putting some of that on us 
Does that make sense? Yeah, like, no, there, there's this cultural backdrop that exists in the Bible with, with slavery, it's, women it's, not being permitted pa- to do it's things. It's patriarchy. And, I mean, it's the patriarchy. Yes. And Derek and I had had a couple conversations on this as well about the patriarchy because there's a lot of questions, and even in even in the Christian realm as well. Well, well, you know, the, well, they just called God the Father because it was patriarchy, and that's yeah. how. But you know, Jesus called him Father. So if mm-hmm. we're going back to that, but so like at the patriarchy, can you like can you shed some light on that, Derek, a little bit? Because you're a lot better at church history and stuff like that than I am, for sure. Well, it's kind of funny. I was mentioning this podcast to one of my professors, Dr. Harstein, and we, Should have brought we, him. We, we talked about. We want a we, pro, we, we want a doctor professor on. <laughs> yeah, uh, then, we'll, we'll, then we'll we can give out. him a shirt that we'll says "I wish Deacon." You'll be our honorary right. doctor, Doctor Derek <laughs> no, Shore here today. That's too much for me. That's okay. too much. So he he said, "Well, okay, so what's the alternative?" It's like, well, yeah, what's, yeah, what's that's, yeah. What's it? Everybody talks about patriarchy, and there's some people that talk about it in a positive way, and then now there's kind of this current move to talk about it in the what negative way. What, what is it? He yeah. looked at me and just said, "Derek, Why? what's the alternative? Yeah, matriarchy, Ma- anarchy, anarchy. I mean, what are yeah. where, what where, other key where, are we talking about? Exactly. Where is that going? Malarkey. I mean, patriarchy basically is defined as just a system in which society, the father or the eldest male, becomes the head of the family, and mm-hmm. the birthrights take place through that. So, okay, that's that's a system. Uh, I, I think part of the conversation we hit on, are we talking about gender ideals? Are we talking about the way our roles should be? Hmm. And I think oftentimes there's like a confusion when we talk yeah. about when we idealize a gender role. Well, I go to Colossians where it says here there is no male or female, female yeah. Greek or Jew. I mean, in, in the yeah. kingdom, we are there is an, a leveling out yeah. of, of us all. Who are in the kingdom, and so I think we we want to. Otherwise, we're throwing out hyperbolic statements Mm or kind of you know. So, what is the alternative to patriarchy? I don't know that there is one. Yeah, I don't know that we have to fight for one, but I do think that as men, we need to learn how to do better being a man, which starts with with serving. Yeah. Yeah, didn't. Jesus come to exactly. serve us, and and right. and there's lots of uh, <coughs> biblical so, influence in that. Hupatasso, we go under for the purpose yes, of lifting yes. the other up. What's the word you used? Hupatasso. Define that for the, me. That's that's coming I, under I, I and be, lifting up. Yes, it's. I believe. Is it it's, like I, what is it? Latin? It's Greek. That's it's Greek, Greek. But I think the that, that I think that that's actually a nautical term. We're going beneath for the purpose of lifting the other up that's that's service that's what we're right. called to do yeah and as men uh you know of course you go you, i do a lot of weddings and one of my kind of a, a wedding you work together joke is <laughs> that that you know men like to talk about that first corinthians where the wife should submit yeah. but you we we can't leave out we have to love our wives as Christ loved the church <laughs> yeah. and gave, gave himself. himself up. Yeah. We have to, uh, the leading of a manly, the manly, the biblical manliness that I see the leading is actually giving it's up, a giving up ourselves. Right. So, yeah. so I've talked about some of this in the past. Um, I, I have a couple things that I want to say, so hopefully I can get them all out, but I've talked about flipping this leadership paradigm on its head 
so that if we look even in Ephesians 4 and we look at the whole APES model of prophets, mm-hmm. prophet, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, it says are given, that's a, they're a gift given to the church, to the body for the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And so this apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, you know, shepherding, teaching um, role within the body of Christ is to equip saints, not to lead at the top level of an organization. And so take, right. So take that, that organizational structure, which is typically a pyramid. He's at the top and then he's got everybody under him and you flip that sucker upside down and you are under lifting others. Okay. 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 So this is, this is, this is perfect. I know you had some other, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but here's what happens. Even in in the, the current contemporary model that, that people are the expression of church that we have right now is you, it is the other way. It is this pyramid. It is about this, mostly usually a man that's at the top of this system and it's this power structure there's this power structure to where young men like you and me when we were teenagers we saw that and we aspired to be in this position of we didn't realize it at the time but what was attractive i mean was was power this this is a this is a man that is in this position and i want to aspire to be like that now what I think can often end up happening is, is, is we look at that and then that gets, that just gets completely distorted and completely flipped upside down. And it's not necessarily the right way that we should be looking at that. Um, what was the last, the last comment that you just said a little while ago about, about, about everything that you oh, just said? Oh, I had something to say. Yes. Oh yeah. So I was going to read, um, a comment from Andy on uh, Facebook and he says, I think that masculinity needs to look like giving up power platforms, mm-hmm position, et cetera, for others, maybe, and probably those who have less credentials. Um, and so I've looked up this scripture, um, if I can find it now for, you know, the grace of which our Lord Jesus Christ, that, uh, though he was rich yet for your sake, he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. That's second Corinthians eight, nine. And yeah. so I think that scripture gives us an image of what Andy's talking about. Right. So we, we give up ourselves like Christ gave himself up for the church, right? We do that for our wives and Jesus, though he was rich, became poor so that other others might become rich. He left his heavenly dwelling, came to earth, took on the form of man. You know, he was born into a manger, like a, a you know, a trough, like where animals would eat. <laughs> and yeah. he's, you know what I'm saying? So he took the form of a servant, right? He came to serve. And so, yeah, that whole, that whole consideration of how do I get low? How, do, how do we get low? How do we come, come off of our platform, get off of our pedestal, get, you know, push ourselves down essentially. And it's not like it's humbling ourselves, right? Not thinking more of yourself more highly than you ought to think. And then looking around and how, how can we help others? Right. How can I, who have, who live in um, the United States of America and am a middle-class citizen or whatever, like how can I look around me and find those opportunities and be led by the spirit to, to get under, to get low. Right. And it's, I mean, Jesus, the, the, um, the most dangerous S word isn't Satan or sin itself. Right. Like, and so we have to crucify ourselves daily and so we humble ourselves, we get rid of pride, we get rid of arrogance, we look around at those uh, around us who need that which we have to give, and then we give it, right? Mm. That's what I had to say. Yeah. And often okay. that, for me, that's a voice. 
giving a voice. A couple, three weeks ago, there's a, a specific lady in our congregation that has blogged and has just great insight scripturally has great has a has great insight in humility and in the heart of the lord and i've been on on it to get have give her pulpit time right for a couple years now and so that happened a couple weeks ago which was just a really cool thing for me i loved being able to i loved sitting down and listening to amanda bring the word yes and what yeah, she had right, to say right. from her perspective sure and so that's I, I i think you know it's really easy as a as a pastor and yeah you're kind of there and so somebody's kind of has to is kind of responsible for making things happen each week right, or whatever right. being leading and in charge but I always try to, what do you think? What draw, drawing other people in and, and it's hard because I have things of my idea and where I think is best, but often I want I need to train myself to release that from myself, that burden. Yeah. And I want to hear from somebody who's not usually heard from. Dude and I, what do I they have agree with you 100%. That's something that I wrestle with and struggle with. If there's a void, I, I will fill it. Like I, yes, exactly. you know, I will put my voice in there. I'll put my ideas in there. Like I'll lead. No one's gonna lead it. I'll lead it. I yep, got this. Right. Like when, oftentimes, I mean, that even in itself can be. It's- it can, be a good, sure. it, can, yeah. it can be a good thing, but oftentimes it ends up yeah. sort, sort of being lopsided. To, yeah, to it's just lopsided. It, it is. It, it's more beneficial for our character and development to take a step back and to give others a platform. Yeah, which is hard to do, it but I hard. think it's worth a worthwhile endeavor. Right. Oh, absolutely. So we've made a switch <clears throat> recently. Um, like I, I honor pastors and preachers and teachers who have gotten credentialed and gone to seminary and been taught and studied and done their time and all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, they're qualified obviously by the spirit and through study and discipleship and all that by the spirit of God to, to teach and preach and lead and have that primary platform. Um, but my personal conviction as of late has been that the pulpit within our family gathering. Cause that's what I'm just yeah. calling our Sunday mornings. Now yeah. we're just a family of people getting together. I don't have to perform. I don't have to put together some sort of yeah. service that I'm going to try and evoke some sort of something. Right. right? So, um, I have, I have taken the power away from the pulpit essentially and said, this is not something to be, right. um, acquired or, or, pre, you know, you don't have to live up don't to some as, performance to, to be aspire here, to, right. aspire to right. it. Like you, somebody we put it this way there was a bunch of us one sunday morning and uh jonathan our worship leader he he gets up there and we were kind of preaching and teaching into this whole open sharing format because mm-hmm. we want to hear from everybody and so it's mm-hmm. it takes a shift we got to break people out of the mentality that yeah. you know i'm the guy and i bring the word and then you just sit there and you listen right that's our personal conviction that's the way we're moving right now so jonathan he said all right everybody think about how long you've known the lord and then um we'll just go around the room and you guys talk about you know tell me you know a number a couple years so he asked me how long and i'm like oh gosh you know 24 years or something crazy and or 18 years whatever it is um and uh next person 10 years 12 years 30 years two years five years seven years 22 years 34 years and we added all the numbers up and we're like we have 167 years worth of experience with god 
collectively. Yeah. He goes versus you, Jason, who you're kind of the pastor, you're kind of the teacher. And how long again for you? Oh, 18 years. Yeah. So do you want to hear from always from 18 years worth of experience with the Lord and it's one relationship or do you want to hear 167 years worth of really good. Right. That and I was good. like, boom, mind blown. Yeah. So everybody can contribute and the collective wisdom and the collective experience right. is a greater image of, right. of God at work in the lives of men than Absolutely. just one person. That's good. Right. And so, cause it, cause it's so narrow, man. Like it's so narrow putting somebody on the, and I mean, I, I know kind of, this is, you know, and a lot of people, especially myself, man, I'm kind of moving away from man. Like when did this start? Like when did, since when did one person start standing up and you know, everybody else just sits and listens, man. And, you know, I think, and just give a lecture, you know what I mean? But it, makes it so narrow because it relies off of one person's perspective, man. And the one thing that they've lived through, you know what I mean? And Jason's been through a lot, I'm sure, but he could, he couldn't possibly, you know, cover the ground of, of, uh, of a woman or, you know, but, a, or a marginalized person but or think a, of the or pressure. A per- yeah. That, and that that's pastors a lot of are under uh, yeah. to have all the answers so to all things for all time. Right. And so, but it's everybody collectively putting that together and man, the Jonathan do kudos to him. Cause that, that's, that's, you know, that blows my mind. I mean, yeah. just even thinking about that, man, but everybody, supporting the same thing because we're right, using yeah. the, and it's a gifting thing too man it's allowing the spiritual gifts to be made manifest so that that can be made manifest in that specific body you know but yeah. relying off one person is so narrow you know so yeah. think about that let's consider that again in the role uh and we were talking about roles like you know the role of a woman in a church which we that was that was the name of our podcast the role of women in church there you go and uh and and the role of men like i understand that men are typically more likely in this paradigm to lead and teach and do those kinds of things. But in order, like I, I have, I find it very difficult to look at my wife and, and say, you have less potential in the spirit than I do because of my genitalia. God, you know what? Not, yeah. only, not only that, yeah. dude, but I, I mean, know I'm better a, than to do that to my wife <laughs> or else you'll have no What if that's the statement? What if that's the statement you had to make? Like you say, oh, well, I'm this or I'm that. Here's what I believe about the role of women. Okay, well, then let's just put it this way. Would you look your wife in the face and say you have less potential in the spirit no. because of your genitalia? Dude, and, and this no. is something that Ouch. Gets, me, it gets me so fired up because Uh-oh. you know what? Let, let's just be honest. How many men are really stepping up and leading in a church and really doing anything? Yeah. Dude, Not very many. do so and, much. And so do. how then are we going to look at a woman who clearly loves God, who, who has drive to do something and then tell her, ah, you know what? You know what Paul said? Paul said that, sorry, you need to, you need to take a seat and yeah. you need to be quiet. And, and we, we take the Bible and we make it an American book Man. and we look at this cult, like we, we take their cultural backdrop and and we place it on America, and we disregard so like uh, we just read it for what it is. Not like we even just, just American, but completely taking that one part of scripture out of context. Uh, it, there was so problems he was dealing with, yeah, specific right there, problems, yeah. and there, that were specific to the context. And yeah. that's what was written. There was a lady named Priscilla who he mentioned multiple times, <clears throat> and we don't have. We don't have an absolute on this, but she's likely an elder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's mentioned first a couple times. She's got a church in Rome, a house church, and Paul talks about her. And we, we take this one thing and we apply it 
we, broadly, it's a, it's a and it was g- never generic meant, blanket statement. Yes. The other thing too that people forget <clears throat> is think about the culture of the time. Yeah. For a woman to stand up and to, I, I mean, that would put her life in jeopardy yeah. to stand up and take any authority over man in a public manner. I mean, yeah. you're talking about her potentially being killed and sought out by people. And so maybe it wasn't this you are less than type no. of thing, but I mean, we don't look at things from that no. angle. Well, yeah. and certainly the church was the redefiner. I mean, yeah, maybe Jesus flipped you, everything. Yeah, exactly. He, I what mean, you didn't talked he, about I mean, was on the outside in Jesus, culture, but the church Jesus flipped gave a, that over Jesus, and empowered. Right. Jesus yeah. gave a voice to women. That's you know right, what I mean? Right. Honestly, he was the first one ones. to bear the gospel. Oh, news. I know. You're the Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah, was a, real. He was a paradigm crusher. Yeah. yeah, he was. And, you know, and, and with it, within the context of that culture, man, you see Jesus giving, actually giving a voice to women. You know what I mean? And if he was here to uphold patriarchy and up here uphold masculinity, he would have got, he would have ruled with an iron he, fist he would have let that woman get stoned to death by those people and i don't mean exactly who would have stoned <laughs> yeah. to death i mean like you know stoned to death you mean dropping dude. rocks yeah dropping rocks well man. let me I've, I've been wanting to we got read, a couple questions yeah, well, yeah we, we had some, some really good commentary on yeah, here. here so, yeah, so we're gonna start with emmy and yeah. uh she says yo coming at this from here let's see if we can pull it up so you guys can I'd read it to. too so it says yo coming at this from a different perspective as a woman i think that one of the things i grew up hearing about what men should look like is jesus in the sense that he was strong and carried our burdens and sins. But I don't think I was ever taught to look uh, for how a man could be broken because Jesus did not sin. So I grew up, and I think many of us grow up with a model for men, Jesus, that no man can actually meet. And as I pray through this sort of stuff, I think about how much more important uh, then rather looking for a man that looks like Jesus, I would rather look for qualities, a person that fully acknowledges how he falls short of who Jesus is. So instead of looking for qualities that are close to perfection, what seems more important to me is the humility of knowing there's yeah. no man as perfect yeah. as Jesus. Hopefully that makes sense. So yeah, like she's Dang. having to look to Dude, Jesus as what a man is, but Jesus was perfect in every way. And so now na- never really realizing that man, us humans are flawed. Right. Yeah. And yet, in, in a world where real men didn't cry, we're told Jesus wept. In, mm-hmm. in, a, in a world where they, probably they just cut a lot of onions toxic in masculinity <laughs> really did rule, Jesus compares himself to a hen. Mm. In yeah. Matthew, yeah, he's he gathering, oh, yeah. gathering chicks under her wings. Uh, in a weapon-using world, Jesus tells Peter not to use his sword. Yeah. Uh, Paul looks at the... At the example of Jesus and describing what a spirit-led male household looks like, and it's a servant. So I, I think I think Emily, Emmy was that Emmy or Emily? Emmy is right on. I think for one, we have to we have to be careful of how we frame Jesus. Otherwise, we apply fake, improper, masculine. Right characteristics upon him yeah and he 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 wasn't he was absolutely perfect and without sin but he cared his heart Mm. do you know you know what's super interesting is that the word um that is used whenever jesus was being crucified that same word that they use for pierce is actually um a a demasculizing word that I don't, I don't even know if that's a word but it's basically a word that that strips away all masculinity sure. i mean it it 
I don't know what that was. So it, it's super interesting that even in that sense, yeah. when Jesus's body was broken, he is at he is is what many would consider and what the Bible would define him in this in this place of not being masculine. He's completely vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. We, it's absolutely. This was, this was uh, the story or the Stations of the Cross oh, yeah. uh, that Jeff preached on this because he was completely stripped naked. All oftentimes yeah, right. we see well, pictures of Jesus. He's got the loincloth off, nope, but he was no. completely butt yeah. naked. Well, you know think I mean? about so in the Jewish. Complete vulnerability, the, man. Yeah. So if we're if we're talking about like a characteristic of of even I mean in a feminine sense, right? Would not vulnerability kind of fall into a characteristic of of Jesus? No, of of like I, I don't know because it I says think, it was. I a think big, I think it would be a, a very good characteristic of Jesus. Yeah, uh, I don't think oftentimes we view vulnerability pejoratively, negatively. Yeah, I, I think. True vulnerability. You know, we talked. I think it was last time about cruciformity. Cruciform Remember, yeah. Jesus's arms are strapped to the cross. He's not in a position of defensiveness or offensiveness. Yeah. And that's how he. And he, what does he tell us to do? Take up our cross. Mm. We approach people with our arms open, and that means they can rack us in the if they want to. Yeah. yeah. I mean that we're we're, vul- we're vulnerable to that. I don't have to defend myself. I mean it's it's absolutely that. not a position completely. of power. That's no. right. No, not, not at all. Not the way we see power. Not the way we see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Not the way that <laughs> yeah. society or even I mean even some of that. And there was a buddy of mine um who man, he had a comment. I wish um I wish I could go back yeah, and read it. Our, our, we our lost Facebook, our feed, but it's yeah, fine. Our Facebook Live Dang isn't, it. Yeah. isn't live anymore. No, he said something about um, toxic masculinity. He basically it, said toxic, toxic masculinity exists in churches whenever men uh, in leadership tell things like a woman to, like, no, you need to stay in your abusive relationship yeah, boy, and you I need to and you need to do uh, that. And and uh, man, that that happens. That like that's a narrative hurts. Yeah, that it, is. Yeah, it cuts me to the core. Yeah. You know when when. Uh, and I've heard stories like this, women yeah. who will go to the deacons or to the elders or to whoever, someone in a position of power, and they'll say, hey, I'm being abused, mm. this is happening, and they say, yeah. and they basically say, well, are you doing X, Y, Z? And they, they put it back on her, yeah. and gosh, that yeah. is so, so victim not shaming, if we're going to use right. yeah. Con- yeah, it's word, victim I mean, shaming, yes. In the world, I, you know, Lord help us. And so what are, man, For so that, that's an extreme, and, and but I wouldn't say that it's uncommon. No. I know that it exists. Yeah. What are some other forms of toxic masculinity that have crept into the church that exist with people and, and or it might even be encouraged, not necessarily verbally, but through the actions of leaders? You know, what are some of those things that have crept into the church? I don't know if you guys have anything that come to mind. All right. I, yeah, I'd have to. Uh, that's a good question, though. That's that's yeah. one to that's one to explore. Uh, it has I mean, a lot right? to do with with, you know, uh, subjugating women, I believe. Yeah. You know, there's I mean, uh, those are the real, you know, uh, examples that I really think of is just, you know, the, like, you know, kind of stifling the voice of women or, you know, things like that, or even, or even like abusive relationships, but not only that, but like an unhealthy submission. Well, I'm the man. And yeah. Yeah. And I think the submission thing is, is a really big thing to where, you know, you know, and we talk, and just like we talked about earlier, like they're called to be submissive in a sense, you know what I mean? To, to their husband, you know what I mean? Cause it's an act of humility. Okay. Yeah. If we're trying to be like Jesus, humility is going to be, a, but let's not forget, man, we, in, 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 and I'm not saying you, this is a gender inequality thing, but yeah. for the most part, we have the lion's share of, of humility because we're called to die. Okay. Yeah. For, for her, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and I don't ever see Jesus lording, you know, anything over people like that. Right. Right. I've 
I see him lording over people because he died for them. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's where lordship in my mind is established because or, or true leadership and, tr- and, the, and, the, and a true characteristic like that, because you have to die for it, man. And, right. You know, and um, just the way that we subjugate women. And like, let me tell you, like we were talking about, you know, women in the church and stuff, but, you know, leave it to a good woman's love, man, to change a man's life forever. You know what I mean? And like women, women like that, you know, are, are, are life changing, you know? And I, I heard something recently that said, man, behind, behind a lot of moves of God is a praying mom or a praying wife or a praying daughter. You know what I mean? And like, and so to me that mentalized it's cause it's true. You know what I mean? And and I, and I know for a long time that the only reason that I'm still here is because the the prayers of my mom, you know what I mean? And that it would have broken her. It would have broken her in half had the Lord taken me, you know? And, and so, and so I think about that and I think about the strength that it takes for women, you know, to, 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 to kind of, you know, as we're trying to shift, you know, all this stuff, like this, the strength of women to be put in that position, but to, but to keep keeping on like that, you know, even yeah. as the paradigm is trying to shift and as there are people and we're giving a voice to it right now, obviously, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think, um, and we had seen a couple other comments on there um, about, you know, white men and white privilege and things like that. So and we're not really going to address that. But I think not in the sense Today. that. Not, yeah, not in the yeah. sense that we're talking about. We're going to go off about white white privilege and what it is and what it isn't. But but in a sense that within these social within these social issues, uh, Derek and I had a conversation one time. Um, he, and I and I bring this up frequently because it blew my mind. He has a friend who was in Tennessee. Right. And she she enacted legislature oh, yeah. Yeah. essentially. Essentially, uh, for when Samuel Jackson led the Trail of Tears, Andrew, Andrew Andrews, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had, I had what did me, you say? I, I had me a Samuel, <laughs> Samuel Jackson. It was not Samuel Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> no, I did. Everybody knows that's the one but that we mean. What's in your wallet? So, so um, Andrew Jackson, you know, led the Trail of Tears, which was a purpose, uh, basically a death march on purpose in the middle of winter, so that they could have they can invoke as many as mass ca- mass casualties as possible. But this woman that he knows enacted legislature okay wrote up a legislative wrote, wrote, a legislature. Yeah, wrote, wrote legislation essentially what happened is she got the american indians together and they issued a formal apology they acknowledged what had happened and they issued a formal apology and to me in that mind or in my mind i was like wow like you know this white privilege stuff, or or you know the, the you know the slavery that we've that we've you know all these atrocities that have been happening by by white men and by people in general. I'm not even going to go because it's it's not white men problem. It's an everybody problem because everybody is like that, you know. And uh, but forgiveness is the only way that any of that is going to be made correct. You know what right. I mean? We're not talking about reparations or doing this or doing that. Like yeah. what what can we do to make sure that you pay for what you did? Honestly, that's not forgiveness. That's revenge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's and forgiveness is the only thing that can right those wrongs but that was a powerful story to me because it was a social issue but they acknowledged it and it was forgive us so in in my mind like as a man you know what i mean and as as you know as like i said as this paradigm we're trying to shift this paradigm like we should uh, be apologizing truly and repenting Repenting, of of what we of what we have made the church into particularly in our culture you know what i mean and uh and the way that we've used our power we've abused our power and we've lorded it over women like i i would like i would say you know because i even in my mind you know what i mean i can recognize places in my life where that narrative has reared its head and i was wrong for it you know what i mean and so in that instance i i think honestly the the apology is issued you know what i mean and we want to move 
past that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we want to move closer to Christ. Gosh. And I, th- I think to do that, one of the significant things has to be, and that's why I understand, I have a friend named Sarah Bessie, shout out to her who wrote a book called Jesus Feminism. And I think her, her point wasn't to elevate women or just make women into something they're not, but there has to be a call, a clarion call that, Hey, there's something wrong here. There's, this is, and we, we have to acknowledge that we as men have to acknowledge that call, recognize it and, and give permission for that voice or not. We don't have to give permission. Like they need permission. We need to just shut up and listen to that voice. Yeah. Yeah. Without, without trying to justify, right. Oh, well, 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 you know what I mean? But like to be, like you said, vulnerable, yeah, messed That's, up. You know what I mean. It's, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. So what? What? One of the quotes that I I have here that Sarah had written written down that was I, I thought was a pretty powerful quote. Often when a woman exhibits leadership, she's accused of having that Jezebel spirit. Mm. I look forward to the day when women with leadership and insight, gifts and talents, callings and prophetic leanings are called out and celebrated as a Deborah instead of silenced as a Jezebel. Ooh. Mic drop right there, yeah, man. So, <laughs> so there's you, you want some examples. Yeah. That's I, and, I, and I think that that's a primary example within the church. And it, it man, dude, it it starts with this position of of power. And 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 I think weaponizing the scripture mm-hmm. and using it, oh, using it offensively, and and not to to truly find out what it is. But I mean pastors all day long and, I, and I've been guilty of this too of, of standing in front of people and teaching one thing that looking back on it now I'm going God I'm sorry I, Lord I repent for being reckless with your word and, and not doing my research and just saying that it says this when it doesn't it, well, when, what ends up happening is is that I think that that's where a lot of the abuse, I mean, is what it is, kind of yeah. comes into play with lording over women and making them feel less than they are. And I think that that's the toxic masculinity that exists sure, within the church sure. is we're up here, you're down here, yeah. and not only are you down here, the Bible says you're down here. Know so, your role. So that's you better stay worst. down there. Yeah. And, that's and the it is the worst. Taking, that's, that's the Pharisee right there, it's man. It's taking you know? a position of authority and abusing it. That's exactly what it is. And so I don't necessarily know how to combat that except for uh, the church beginning to police itself. And we have to police our own and we have to be willing to. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you step on a social platform like Facebook and call a pastor out in the comments that looks like you going and having coffee (laughs) with, with someone and saying, hey, you said this and I love you. I don't know that I agree with this. And I actually think that there's some some really big things going on in your heart that we need to address. That's where change starts, when we begin to police our own. Or sit and ask, tell me your story. Tell tell me. Exactly. Something came up there. Why? How does that? How how does this? What what do you see? Jesus was a master of asking questions. Yeah. Master of it. And I really like that. If we can position ourselves to ask questions because I'm pretty sure they all have a story like we do to where, mm. I mean, that's very likely that, that they learned how to be a man from their father and not mm. everybody has the narrative that we all have. Some people had it, had it rough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was, I, I'm, I recognize my privilege in a lot of ways every day. I was privileged not only to, to culturally, financially, but I was also privileged to have a, mom and dad that modeled good parenting and love and 
And well, so, nowadays even having a dad around is yeah, a, yeah, know. exactly that. So that becomes a, kind of a it becomes a whole issue. issue. What have we allowed men to become? What is the church? And even again, in the name of weaponizing the yeah. Bible, what, where have we? Where have we given men permission to abuse, uh, abandon? Gosh, all, you know, yeah. It, it makes me sick, and it and it hurts my stomach because behind that weaponization, there are amens from people who don't even know, and yeah. they're, you know, they're they're supporting, and but they think this is how it's been. They think yeah. that this is what it's how it's supposed to be, and and it it just it breaks my heart. Especially, are we all are we all parents around the table? Yeah, so I try. It, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so I look at I look at my children. I have a son and daughter, and uh, and I, I look at my son, and I just think about him and think about how do what example do I want to set for my son, yeah. and and what kind of man do I want to be? And a lot of that, going back to what I said earlier, has to do uh, what I want for my son as a man is exactly what I want for my daughter mm. as a woman, yeah. and, and that is to, to follow Jesus, to, to have the, the fruits and the Spirit developed in each of them, to love others, to serve others. It's a lot of the same characteristics of Jesus. Now, I mean, we can talk, you get into some roles and stuff like that as far as, you know, the kind of husband and, and things like that. They're a little different, but there's a lot of crossover. And a lot of that, again, has to do less of yeah. what I think it means to be a man or a woman and looking at the life of Jesus and how he loved others, how he served others, how he 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 lived out meekness, which was not something that exactly. was, you know, yeah even popular popular right. thing in the bible I, so. I like it i like that you that w what you said and bring it up i grew up in a generation where where there was kind of this call to uh, pray for your kid's spouse and pray that the yeah. lord would have this right one and they'd be cultivated kind the of right this purity, way and all, all, yes, yeah. Yeah, all that and you know i've learned to say you know I'll, and I, I do want to pray for that but i want to pray that my kid learns how to be a good spouse yeah right. i want to pray that my kid yeah. is a godly serving uh you know not not uh lording not my son lording it over not but but loving properly, giving himself. I want to. If I raise kids to be good spouses, that other stuff's going to fall into line. Yeah, how do right? you yeah. How do you raise a child to be like selfless? You yeah, know, like wow. I was just thinking about it. Like, yeah, because I mean, you can't. I mean, kid, you can. You don't have to teach a kid to be selfish. You know what I mean? Give me that toy. That's mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I just, you know, I was thinking about this. And like, this is more of the narrative that we've adopted, you know what I mean? And I can view it in my mind. I just like, you know, I love my son, man. And I, and I kiss that boy all the time. And in my mind, in my mind, I started thinking, I haven't thought the other day. I was like, all right, do I kiss him too much? You know what I mean? No. But like, it, and I, I just kind of had this like thought that, man, this is like, this is teaching him to be sensitive. You yeah. know what I mean? And so seeing mommy and daddy that like affection. have this un, yes. un, like I, I spare no expense for my affection of my son. Right. And dude, I mean, isn't that the story of, of the father himself? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, uh, you, but like, that, that's just that more of that narrative that like coming in, like, in, in, why would I know, even ask you know that question? You know what I mean? Do I, do I kiss that, my son I've too had much? You know what I mean? Although I kiss, I said, give daddy a kiss. You know what I mean? I'm we're a super affectionate. Well, I'm very affectionate with both of my children. I'm very affectionate with my wife, and and I 
cuddle and love and kiss and hug and and hold my and I'm starting to see him adopt and even her adopt those same characteristics yeah, and I'm going yes I'll, awesome. always ask my daughter Thank you. I always ask my daughter if her favorite pizza is smoocheroonies with cheese <laughs> I want some of that. Smoocheroonie with cheese. <laughs> you serving that up today? Yep. <laughs> serving it's on, it up it's, hot. It's on deck. <laughs> I think one of the issues that we're, we've, we're fleshing out here. Skyler said listening by faith, not by sound. Now he's <laughs> on again. Uh, oh, it's uh, all right. One it's of cool. the things I think we've we're, we've uncovered is that our, our real uh thing that we, we should be seeking is interdependence rather than independence, whether that's yeah. male or female. As when we seek interdependence, you know, when I seek to be led by the Lord, I don't lord it over you. I don't lord it over right. anybody. I'm interdependent. They, you, everybody has things to offer, and I have things to offer, and we put those things together, and that's the that's the fruit of the spirit laid out on the table. So let's maybe just call it what it is. Toxic masculinity is a result of sin in man. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. it just comes from pride, pride, arrogance. arrogance yeah. Well, well, desire for it, power. It's a it's a supported sin from man. It's something that said this is the way it's supposed to be as well. Whereas with other sins, we can normally recognize them and go, no, 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 that we, we no, don't do a, that. Yeah. With toxic masculinity, I mean, because there's you look at the narrative that exists within culture and movies, books, comic books. I mean, all sorts of things oh, yeah. to where it's supported and said this is the way things are but that's not i mean if we clearly look at the life of jesus that's not the narrative that's right Right. it's not we look at the jews who were hoping and waiting for this knight in shining armor to ride in and to chop everyone's heads off to collect foreskins and to go nuts like man of all man (laughs) like he didn't do that and they were mad about that. And yeah. I want my He's, Pharisee scalps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you will get me my Pharisee scalps. That's right. And and they just, they didn't get that. But yeah, to- toxic masculinity, it, it it's no good. I don't know anything, any, any good description that we can hmm. put around the word toxic. You know what it is, though? Like, how hard is it for someone in power to then desire to relinquish their power? I don't know. You tell me. You did it. I, I mean, not not necessarily from a position like you had position of power, one, but you had to, you stepped down from a position that right. was that from something that was supported a supported position, and you. I mean, so you tell us, bro. I didn't want it, man. Too much pressure. Can yeah. do it. I but just, you can say it. I mean, we can be honest. There's a point that comes in ministry when when you are the when you're the guy, right? And right. and everyone's coming to you, and you have all the answers. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, it feels good. I mean, at least it did for me. There's this. That's there's, the check I always have to maintain. There's this faux. Am I liking this? Am I liking in, this a little the, too much? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. There's this faux sense of. Um, uh, gosh, what's the word that I want to use? Not not power. There's this faux sense of purpose that that comes in it to where we go, man. Like this feels really good. People need me. People value my input. Like I'm the guy. Everyone comes to me, and and it is hard to step away from. I mean, sure, like you said, it you didn't want it, but well, there's also this part of it that well, feels good. I mean, yeah, it does feel good. So like, it. I think there's this thing. It's like if I if I climbed the ladder to my position of power somehow, like I've worked my entire life and I've done these things, huh? We have sound. We do. Okay, good. Um, so, um, 
if I've achieved my place of power, it's been given to me, no matter what it is, I'm up here. And then for you to challenge that, I've got this ingrained narrative and sense of accomplishment, uh, achievement, and, you know, I'm the guy, people look to me to consider stepping down from that for the sake of what? Yeah, like, oh, so you're going to tell me, though, and, and the other thing is, you're going to tell me that all of my life I've believed a certain way, and now I, you're telling me I'm wrong? Yeah. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's it's so difficult to, to wrestle through that stuff, and it doesn't feel good. I mean, at all. Oh, it's nasty, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and just like you're saying, man, like, you, you spend all your life doing one thing, and you've been doing, it's just the wrong thing perpetuated a number of times, you know, and... And uh, those kind of those kind of lessons, even man, are, are really hard. But I mean, I take that as a sign of maturity. You know what I mean? That when you know when we, you're like, man, I've been living like this. You yeah. know, and I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, we talked a little bit about Genesis earlier, and I don't know how we're doing on time, Jason. I'm pretty sure we're getting pretty oh, close. I, but doesn't even matter. But nope, uh, don't matter. But when we look back to Genesis and we look back at the original pre-fall, right? Pre-fall, what it? What was God's directive? To Adam and Eve, what did he tell them? The the two things that he told them to be do. fruitful and multiply. To be fruitful and multiply, and so this is not a concept that I've actually thought of. This is actually a buddy of mine, Brian Phipps. Um, he talks about this, and and uh, he, I think he's actually going to write a book about it. But I'm going to share a little bit of it because it's it's kind of mind blowing when you think about it. You dropped his surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So so <laughs> we look at that. The directive was be fruitful and multiply. Okay. So we have we have a. Uh, uh, no, no, it was, uh, there was sub, subdue, you know, subdue the, subdue earth. the earth and then, you know, rule and then be fruitful and multiply. So right. it's kind of four, but two of those are the same. So we have the subdue, we have purpose that comes into there and the be fruitful and multiply is relationship. And so at the beginning we see God give us purpose in relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, what are the, the opposite of, of those things? You know, there's a, there's a foe purpose power. There's the opposite of that to where we think that power is, is purpose. And, and, and the two, the two driving forces in our world are power and sex, which are actually contrary to purpose and, and, and relationship. And, yeah. and so, and so we look at this and, and that's what people pursue. They pursue and, and, and in a sense, toxic masculinity. What have we per- what are people, men encouraged to pursue? Power, power and, sex. and sex. Power and sex. And so we see this distorted view of Snap. of God's original purpose and, for man. And, and but he, did, I mean, but even subdue the earth and mo- he said that to both of them. To not, both of them, not yes. just the man. And, and that's super right. important. That's very important. So subdue together, yes. not subdue because you're a right. man and you're going to go and you know conquer. You know? It wasn't Adam. You subdue, and then Eve. You're here to just multiply. Yeah. Like that's the purpose you serve. Yeah. And, right. But that's been the narrative in a lot of churches. I mean, yeah. in some religions that but you, then, you were the baby mate. I mean, you were the, the oven and like you were the baker, you bake, you cook the bread. Like you get what I'm saying? Like that is the narrative that exists. But then, in but some then churches. T- take it the step further. Um, because then post fall, there's the, you, I'll I got put, it pulled up. I'll put M and eat, read it for me. Uh, where he's talking to the woman. Yeah. Okay, so he says, Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Is that what you were talking right. about? Right, so the, so the woman desiring to control the man and the man ruling over the woman is a curse. So this yeah. is the direction of the woman. Post-fall. Post so fall. we see God's original design yeah. for man and woman, and we see this other design 
after the fall. And so are we still functioning in post-fall curse? Yeah. Right, when and I don't think, and I, don't, and and I still, don't, I don't process. think that the even, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, I think the curse was a natural consequence. I don't think because I think a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, think well, God cursed. He didn't say I curse you to do this. Yeah. You know, it's just I think that that's a natural consequence of the yeah. fall itself. That's a result of eating. Yeah, you know, the tree yeah. Of, I just wanted to clear no, that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Because 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 that be that would give ammunition to the people. See, the look God said that we're going to rule over our women. Rah, 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 you know. So right, let's just clear right. that up. It wasn't God well, didn't curse. You know what I mean? I, sure. I, yeah. Derek, what are you thinking? Well, I, I that's feeds right into another quote from from Sarah Bessie. The curse that was laid upon Eve, her desire would be for her husband and her pain in childbirth would be greatly multiplied, multiplied, shows us how patriarchy, subordination and pain are part of the fall. They were never God's original intent. They are a consequence so of sin. Good. Did you guys, I, I don't know if you listened to the podcast that I sent you I guys did, on, yes. on the, the patriarchy. Uh-huh. Did you ever listen to it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it was really good in this in this podcast. I can't remember the author's name, um, but she makes the argument that that and, and of it course kind of it's like a this, she making yeah, an argument. She, yeah. she makes the argument that that God was working within the cultural backdrop of yep. you know that the same thing with slavery, yep. slavery and patriarchy. It's not that this was necessarily God's original intent yep. or design, but this yep. is what existed in the culture. Yep. Well, and it didn't exist. Slavery, anyway, didn't exist in the same way that what we're thinking yeah, of. Yeah, it's, sure. it's a little, that, little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not that I'm standing up for it, but yeah, there is a distinction. We, there is, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, where do we go from here? What is our where what do to we do? Go? It's yeah, that's right. Good <laughs> job. Wow, <laughs> where do we go? Yeah, that's right. That was not, my not, I, 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 not there. That's gosh, not where we go. Yeah, yeah we don't go there. Holy moly! Yeah, so I mean, we, obviously, we can talk a lot about what's wrong, but um, I, yeah. I feel like maybe we've talked a little bit about how to fix it. But let's just bring it all back around again. And it just, it, I, I think, Christopher, what you asked earlier about does it all does it just have to do with character mm. in Christ? And I would say so. Christ likeness, and yes, I mean Jesus came and he shattered paradigms, and people, you know, like, oh, what is he doing over there, sitting with that woman, right? Yeah, oh boy, so I, I saw somebody oh. post post a meet a theological <laughs> meet you know, theological meme the other day, a spiritual gif, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, oh, I dropped it, but um, and uh, it just said like, let's quit talking about Jesus being abandoned by everyone. The women were there at the cross weeping. Yeah. They were the first yeah. One, yeah. like they never left his yeah. side. They no, were they there didn't. the entire time. It was time. the men that they left. Were there, they, they were there after too, except for John. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, it just it, it's just interesting. Like when you really take a look at the scripture. I mean, again, it's what have we been fed? What have we been taught? Yeah. How have we been indoctrinated? What have we not questioned? Right. What Versus, have we just? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about critical thinking, and it's just like, are we just? It, just taking what we're hearing at face value and saying, Oh, well yes. that person in power yes. is telling me, so it must be truth rather than do doing that. the critical thinking and, and like mm-hmm. in the Bereans and in, in mm-hmm. acts, like searching the scripture and actually figuring it out. Yeah. And what's interesting is if you look at scripture over time, there was like a, there was progressivism and equality for women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the first, like, like I mean, give some examples. The first miracle he did was for his mom, yeah. uh, the woman at the well, the woman that was going to get stoned to death. Uh, the first people he appears to 
are the women, you know? Right. I mean, well, it, it's just littered, you know, it's littered. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you get this scripture then that we're, um, Paul, he's saying there's no Jew or Greek or Gentile, right? What, whatever he says, yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. right. We're there's in Christ, there's no male or female, right? So it's just kind of like, okay, in Christ, there's no male or female, but because we're still the functioning embod- in the our church, male and female, right? Oh, in Christ, there's no male, male nor female, but in the church, there's male and female. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, and it's one of those things where I had this image the other day, and it's kind of harsh, but I was thinking about this pretty hardcore. So, you know, it's like, um, that's like imagine, thinking right there. Uh, imagine like a, a step, like there's two steps, and on the top step represents heaven, and the next step down represents earth. And so on the top step, you have Christ and all the women and all the men. We're all there. We're all seated in him. We're all equal in Christ, right? Because in Christ, there's no male or female in heaven. That's the way we are. And so Jesus says, um, his will on earth as it is in heaven. And so then you take the step down and then you get all the men. And then another step down, you get the women. And then the women take a step up on earth to where the men are. And the men are like, what are you doing? Get down. But then you look up and in heaven, everybody's equal. So it's just like, you know, in heaven, everybody is equal in Christ, but on earth, only men are, uh, you know, qualified to be elders. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does this, it's just kind of crazy to, to consider. I don't know. I just question, you know? Tech, uh, critical thinking just just, let's just ponders, critically. ponder the things but even critical thinking has been discouraged you know it's true within the church and i mean you look at what happened with the unchaining of the bible that was you know what what we have martin luther doing and and that's putting i mean that into people and right. in a lot of ways we've almost taken that back and discouraged with the model that we have that yeah. we're going to show up and we're going to hear this you know one dude speak and he's going to do this mm-hmm. and that and there are there are pastors you know teachers speakers who encourage their people and i believe they're sincere and but i yeah. believe there are other pastors that if you were to come to them and correct them yeah. and say hey the scripture says this actually <sighs> they'd be like oh this yeah they'd be like get out of my face I, they wouldn't take you seriously right, right. and critical thinking has been discouraged mm-hmm. i think a lot of people say they want people to think critically but when people start thinking critically within power. Christianity, you lose power. well, what do they do? You lose power. They, 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 they start to worry. And if you start to say, oh, I read this author or I read that author, I read this one, they throw you into camps. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're, you're, reading oh, that you're one of those. Yeah, like, oh, you're, you're one yeah. of those. And it's like, man, can't, can't well, I just... Can I just explore right. and just read these right. different things? Whoa, and brother, you just better be careful because, you know, you don't want to get lumped in with that group. You're reading that Rob mm. Bell? Yeah. Oh, you know, just, he just said his name. He said his name. You did it. You went there. The sound went down again. People did Rob Bell crashed our podcast. Yeah, way to go, Rob Bell. And it's so frustrating because I'll tell you, man, it's it's only over the last four or five years since I believe I, I did start to question everything and this is a buzzword yeah, right now the deconstructing right. deconstruction, but yeah. deconstruction and, and starting to critically think and going man I believed all this and it started when I left the church system yeah. the first time and I was hurt and I was like I don't know that this is the church that Jesus wanted to establish and yeah. by taking a step back in my hurt and questioning everything everything yeah. about yeah. what we're doing and then landing very pretty close back to where pretty I was close, you know yeah. but there's some, been some tweaks but it was in that critical thinking that God met me there sure. and I believe he kind of led me where he wanted me to land yeah and i and i just want to back up real quick because i had a check in my spirit um 
you know, when I was talking about that whole step thing, I just want to say like, these are my thought processes and this is what I'm exploring in my mind. And, right. and, and I'm making these coming up with these visual examples and stuff just because I'm, you know, kind of looking at things You're a differently. Visual producer. Right. Exactly. So, uh, I don't, I don't want anybody to think that I'm in this, uh, I'm right. You're wrong camp. Yeah. yeah. I just have really been looking at things from a different perspective. I just get a little passionate. Right. So yeah, that's it. what we're saying. Like, just let's put out it. the questions and, and consider. I mean, you know? honestly, and, um, you know, a lot of this is power, man. Uh, it's true. That's what it stems from. A lot right. of it just yep. stems from that. And I think that, uh, humility is the antidote yes. to power. Yeah. Yes. And, right. um, right. I, I believe that the more of that, that we can, and, and yielding and, uh, not thinking, like you said, as high, or too highly about yourself and honestly, right. Uh, a self-examination illuminated by the spirit, obviously, but to take you to places that, you know, where because humility hurts. You'll know when you're in a place of humility because it hurts. There's two you things know. I don't pray for. Yeah. Patience and humility. Yeah. Lord, let me get, <laughs> let, please let me get that on my own without your, you having to intervene on that. If I pray, you're going to intervene and then I'm going to learn it really hard. So, so Paul says here in first Corinthians one twenty six, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Yes. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. So it's like, don't forget where you came from, right? Yeah. Like, don't let the power get go to your head. And uh, Casey, you're really good at quoting this scripture. It talks about not putting a young convert into leadership because he'll be corrupted by pride. Yeah. Right. And and that's, again, I think you start attacking power structures and mm. it, it's, a, you know, a, a tangled web you start to weave. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, the only power in this universe is God, man, you know, and, uh, he's the one that gives and takes it. In yeah. him we live and move. And I mean, think about, just think about the instances yeah. where Jesus was sharp with people. He was sharp with, he was Pharisees. sharp with the Pharisee, but he was also sharp with his disciples. You know what I mean? Peter said a couple of dumb things that were related yeah. to power. Hey, yeah. should we, uh, you know, yeah. should we call down call fire, fire from heaven let's, and consume this village? Shock you, know <laughs> like, you know, yeah. but hey, Jesus, like, do that thing you do. Yeah. Jesus, do that thing you did where you yeah. just, you know, Sodom, Sodom. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Goodness gracious. Wow. Has it come to this? <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was a, you got me there, man. Jeez. In the mid-sentence. I didn't know what I was No, but. That was a tummy uh, tickler. You know, power, power comes with pressure. And um, with great power comes great, great responsibility. Great response pressure, and uh, I think the more and more we lift that power or let that power go to the one who it truly belongs, um, I think the more and more, uh, you know, because I think pressure does a lot of things to people, and um, it causes you to react and fall back on old ways. And even if that's even if that's old religious ways too, a pressure can really can really bring that out of you. You know, when you get squeezed, you see what comes out, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and. You know, I think that the more that we relinquish power in our own life, you know what I mean, or the or the or the misconception that we have any, you know, that's uh, good. And just and I think that takes a, a humble mindset and uh, really like 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 Derek was saying, like giving a voice to people, you know, that are marginalized or you know or trodden downtrodden and you know the orphans and the widow and service. Uh, because it, right. because service upsets power, right? It, right. It, 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 
it it kind of displaces power because you're not in a position to power. You're in a position. Right. The other person in in some sort of way, you know, you're you're giving that power right. to somebody else because I'm here to right. serve you. Well, think about you know what I mean. Think about Christ. He comes and he goes to John and says, "Baptize me." And John's like, John's like hey, no. that's the <laughs> one of whom I spoke, whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie." Right. And then he's like. Jesus comes to him to get baptized yeah. and then you've got Jesus at the last supper and then he you know washes the feet, washes the feet of the and, nasty disciples and, and takes the role of the servant I mean visually and physically not just hypothetically or principally he actually gets down and does the dirty work yeah. that is somebody else's job he's the messiah Some, no that's somebody at this else's point, job at this yeah. point i mean because peter like peter's like you're not even gonna wash my feet like you're the messiah and jesus is just like you know blessed are you because this was given to you not by man but by our mm. father in heaven he's revealed to you i'm the messiah peter's just like holy crap Right. Like, yeah, I recognize the Messiah. And so you get him in the situation where the Messiah is about to wash his feet and Ooh. take the lowest position. Peter's like, no, 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 no. Not going to be a yeah. thing. I think that I think that when, when people think about, you know, that story, too, it, it's real easy to just think that, uh, you know, maybe the the tone <clears throat> and the atmosphere in the room, it was a little a little awkward. Maybe it was a little little quiet. Maybe I don't feel a little unworthy. But Jesus, I mean, having been revealed to them, I mean, that. Some by belief, you know, they believed he is the Messiah, some of them. And so it, it, for them, this was this like awe thing, this thing that was like, oh, man, I can imagine just shock and awe and complete and total. Like, what is going on here? Like, Jesus, what are you like people? He, he just completely challenged the paradigm again, paradigm crushing the culture. This isn't, I mean, you even take Christianity, there were, there were all sorts of hospitality things that happened when people showed up, you know, the host washes your hand, your feet, anoints you with oil. There's all of these things that took place. And here Jesus is not even, I mean, he's dressing like a servant too. He's wrapping a towel around himself. He is like setting the state. It wasn't any more clear than it was in that moment that he was changing the way that he was doing things. And he also mm. tells them, go and do the same. Right. Like he challenges them in that Vi sense visually and physically position yourself as a servant right right that's how you end toxic masculinity it, well what does he say he says let your good deeds be seen by all men so, so they glorify the he said, and he ends up saying this is how people will know well your love loving one another mm -hmm. but but it's that love it's not ruling with an iron fist and no. it's not, and it's not abusing authority, any authority that we think we have. Yeah. I mean, we get in that, and I think that's where a lot of the toxic masculinity exists within the, within the church is authority, authority, but people abusing that authority and yeah. thinking God gave me this authority, like the good book says so. I can the do this and, and adjusting it. I use that language. The Holy Writ. It was very intentional. There's a sect of person that uses that. The Holy Writ. <laughs> you like that? There's yeah, so many, good. so many quotes. Yeah, that's good. From this Derek, one. tell us something, man. I was gonna, I was gonna lead into the same thing. Say, I mean, how do you just encourage our listeners coming out of this? On, I mean, being Christ-like and being a man of God. Man, I, th I think we have. I think that is, I think that that's just, it. some people might say, well, that just seems lame. You guys always go back there. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's where, where we have to go. That's where high Christology takes you. That's yeah. where recognizing. The high Christology podcast. The, there you go. You know high like the most high. The most high. The most high. Sucking right. up that's, that glory smoke. Puffing a bit of the glory. Smoking Sorry, up go on ahead, that. Derek. No, that's, <laughs> you guys take it. No, no, Derek, go. 
Jehovah Jeba. Jehovah Jeba. <laughs> You got oh, it, Derek. Sorry, gosh. we started making jokes. Yeah, no, Were you're you good? good. That's good. We're good. The jokey dog. You already podcast. said it. I said it. I yeah, mean, it's, I was like, it's tell about him. Jesus, right? That's just All of, he, yeah. he is. He is our example, right? And not just in death, but right. also in life, right? Yeah, yeah. Let the Spirit of God move through you and see mm. how much power you abuse. That's right. None. Yeah. None. Zip zilch nada. I would also. Goose egg. I think what I would encourage people is to recognize that. <laughs> It's not okay. Like spiritual <clears throat> abuse is not okay. It's not okay with with people, man, uh, using their authority to spiritually abuse people is not okay. It's not. And if you sense anybody weaponizing scripture, mm. that's not okay either. No. And that's a sign that you're in a place. I mean, literally, like under under the authority and leadership of somebody where there's probably not going to be some good stuff happening. And and I think that that's what, I mean, I know we talked to, I hate to take kind of this negative turn, but I want people to realize that's not the way that the kingdom is supposed to function no. here yeah. on earth. That's not what Jesus is talking about bringing to earth. I mean, right. it's this leveling of the playing field. It, it, it truly right. is. And it's love. It's everything that we've, I'm not going to hit on it again, but it's everything that we've already talked about. Yeah. Let me let me pop one last quote from Sarah Bessie. Pop and, that and I, I think this classic this Sarah is Bessie. for this is for men and women. <laughs> I want to practice faithfulness and kindness. I'm learning to fill my ears with the repetitions of wide eyes and open hands and innocent fun and holy laughter. I want to practice with intention, joy. I want to tell the truth, but first I want to live the truth. It's good. Boom. Mm. Boom skis. Living it out. Bang boom pow. Jason, you want to talk about Salty Dogs group? Sure, yeah. Do you just, want to preach that gospel of the yeah, Salty Dog group? Well, I, I just want to, I want to give a quick encouragement as well as we just leave this thing. Like, I'll tell you, one of the hardest things for me, but the most challenging time in my life and the most rewarding time in my life has been since the day I got married. And the reason being Woo. is I was put into the crucible of uh, crucifixion of self, right? Mm -hmm. And put into an environment where I have to every single day die and, and serve. And I mean, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's so interesting um, because there are a lot of things that I guess uh, I didn't expect when it came to marriage. And one of those things was I didn't expect to have this like religious nastiness come out of myself yeah. from s such a deep place. And it was, it was like, uh, you know, this seed that had been planted and all of a sudden marriage made that thing just grow and it busted out of me. And I was like, I do not like this. This is not good. And the Lord has used my marriage and that, uh, again, to change me and to sanctify oh, me. Gosh. So by no means am I upset about it, but I can tell you death does not feel good. No, it doesn't. But the time, I mean, and here's the other thing, the times that I sacrifice and the times that I humble myself, I'm not, I'm not standing on the street corner yelling out to my wife, look at me, sacrifice for you. Look at what I just did. Oh my gosh, I'm so humble and I'm just doing this for you right now. And I need you to know that I'm not yelling it from the rooftops. What am I doing? I'm serving mm. in, in quietness and humility. Well, you just shouted it from the rooftops now. Right. Yeah. I just did just right so, now. It just, negates. Oh, it just happened. There. Yeah, <laughs> there I am. I'm just, I'm just but you know what time. I'm saying? Like, it's not a thing. It's not, it's not a thing that's a, a glorious, right, right. It, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so anyways, just, just 
even in the in the life of my wife, but um, in, in my marriage. And then it was even up to when you had kids, right? When and then you, you have kids, and so children. again, it's just like you know th- th- this idea of sacrificial love and humility. Um, and bringing right oneself low. It said, tell me that word one more time. Hupatasso. Hupatasso. It means cu- getting low, getting under, and and pushing up. up. And I think that, um, again, Jesus came to serve, and really, he came with the he he came with full revelation of the heart of the Creator, yeah. Father God, yeah. and he comes and came to exemplify. And to teach and preach and change a narrative of who the Father is, and this word "serve" again, um, being a servant is like somebody who's waiting a table. And at the Father's table, at the Master's table, the servant would do everything in their power to get across the generosity and the heart of the host. And so that's what we're to do. Again, we're to walk the earth, yeah. and we're to get as low as we possibly can, so we can give a, a correct depiction of who the Father is, so that they can know Him. Right. right. We're not here to make a name for ourselves. Yeah. That's what toxic masculinity is. Look mm, at me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look at my position of authority. Look at how high I've brought myself and look at all these people that are under me. And it's just, yeah. like you said, it's not okay. So I just want to encourage people as much as you possibly can. And as difficult as it is, allow the spirit of God in you to uh, birth humility and uh, selflessness, kindness, patience, self-control right self jesus said we must die to self the spirit one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control so we can control self by the spirit which means we can die to self and when we're selfless we're sacrificial and we're humble and we're loving and we're not toxic right we're redemptive masculinity Mm, dang i like that Mm. well we'll just end it right there that's good (laughs) redemptive masculinity nice podcast group Salty yep, dog, salty, SDP. salty dog. Yeah, so just all the things right now here at the end is um, as as we close it out. Salty Dogs Podcast uh, Podcast com. Uh, you can check out all of our episodes. You can see pictures from the episodes. That, that fun stuff. Uh, there's a link to our Patreon page if you want to join that. Uh, you can contact us through text or through um, uh, contact page or email us at salty dogs podcast at gmail And I don't know who it was, but I was actually getting some text during the podcast. Uh, today to our Google Voice, and so that was nice. kind of cool. Yep, that was nice. Heck yeah. And uh, we actually got a uh, an episode idea or a topic idea uh, via text as well during this episode. So uh, always open to hearing from our listeners. And then, of course, we're trying to build an online community. If you're enjoying the conversations that we're having on the podcast, we're trying to keep that going through Facebook. So we have a Facebook group uh, that we call the Dog House, but just search uh, Salty Dogs Christian Podcast Group in your Facebook search bar and. Uh, uh, you just click to join and we'll approve your uh, your request. And, uh, you know, we throw out the the episode topic kind of like right up front and get feedback. And, you know, every once yeah, in a while. Joe Klassen, he kind of kicked in today talking yeah. about this topic a little bit. Right. Just so to get some insight. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's up to you all to join the group and then get the conversation going. Yeah. And, uh, and to make that online community uh, something to I'll share a little bit cool. about what's coming up, too, is I know that you, me and Casey, we're currently talking about what it would look like to start producing weekly well, or 
consistent content, bonus content uh, for our Patreon supporters. So we're trying to right. look at what a way that we can do that um, online and get together. And because we want to keep, we love these conversations. These I always leave here so pumped and full of energy, and I just want to go wish a deacon would roll up on me. You know, like just have these <laughs> these conversations. So, but, I wish a deacon would. We're we're looking to continue these, and so Patreon supporters, <laughs> thank you to all of you guys who support us financially, and we're going to be bringing the bonus content to you guys. Right, right. Yeah. We're going to get that shirt made i wish a deacon would and then we're going to walk into a church with deacons and then the deacon's going to come up and say you wish i would what and i'll be like you'll know when you do it <laughs> uh, just to be clear i won't be there for that so yeah. that's funny awesome derek always a pleasure sir yes, yes, yes. we certainly appreciate your insight always. and your intellect he'll be back for sure you are, ble- yeah. you are blessed with good looks and much intellect in the in the voice of angels and hot beef yeah, i don't know about that the Thank voice you. of a baritone angel. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, y'all. Salty dogs. That's a lot. Bye.